Well, let's welcome back Coach Taylor. Coach, do you got team updates for us? Um, you know, coming off of a, a, a huge win for us um, up at Saints Go in Duluth, um, you know, for the most part, you know, we're, we're healthy for being going into week 10. Um, so excited about that. You know, just really excited about the challenge. You know, we put a challenge out to these guys last Tuesday on, you know, redemption, you know, uh, going up there and losing two games last year by three points. I mean, that, that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow, man. So it was good to, to, to watch the guys go out and execute a game plan. And, and um, you know, we have to unfortunately can't uh, celebrate for too long because we got a, another tough group coming in on Saturday. So just getting ready. Well, let's first of all talk about that victory. Just your overall thoughts on the win over State Scholastica. Yeah, you know, like I said, um, <clears throat> this league is so quarterback-driven. This is the best I think I've seen quarterback play in the league, meaning touchdowns to interception ratios, the passing percentage. We needed their quarterback, number three. He could run. He could throw it. Um, they had a big receiver up there, um, number 86, uh, Jackson Weber. We needed to minimize, we needed to minimize his, his activity. Um, number one was another good receiver. We need to had to limit his activity and just to watch our guys, you know, put the game plan together. You know, take take the ball away from those guys four times. Um, some critical interceptions. Um, I mean, it was just a good. It was good to see how we ran the football late. And I talked about that when when people know in the stadium you're running the football and you can still do it. That's how you want to play ball. That's how you want to play November ball in in, in Minnesota. We're very, very excited about Malik Wynn and how he conducted himself. Um, and then Alejandro just being a, you know, just being steady Eddie back there, man, just, you know, running the offense and Charlie Wilson is going to do what Charlie Wilson does. So I'm really pleased with the, with the group overall. So, well, well, let's come back to Malik Wynn in just a minute here. Let's first start with him. You, you punch him in the mouth. You take a 13-point lead. They're able to battle back to tie the score at 20. But then you guys respond with 13 unanswered points. I, I thought – one of the differences that I really have seen this season, Coach, is that there's just no panic on that sideline. These guys just look like they're ready to play from start to finish. Yeah, and that's a testament. I'd be I'd be foolish if I didn't mention, man. We we started up a program, just more of a leadership mindset program. Of, you know, how are we showing up in spaces in our with our with our mind? You know, and that that's probably what you're. You know, it's a testament of that. And Coach Greenwald, our uh, co-defensive coordinator, has been doing a great job taking the lead with that. I'm so very fortunate to have him on the staff. But, you know, you're right, we didn't panic. Um, we didn't panic when we, were, when we were down 11 versus Carlson, you know. Um, so it's just, it's just you know, we're trying to get a mindset changed around here. Like the MIAC is good from top to bottom. You know, we want to start being relevant in those, in those conversations and in those spaces. So in order to do that, you got to win games like McAllister and, and St. Olaf before you can beat a – before you can beat a St. Um, excuse me, McAllister and um, St. Sco before you can beat a St. Olaf, you know, before you can beat an Augsburg. So, you know, those guys got the best of us. Uh, but the, the the positive is we get a chance to, we get another chance at St. Olaf, man. And we didn't play our best game. Uh, we saw them six weeks ago. So, as you mentioned, 256 yards rushing. Malik Wynn with 110 yards. Even more impressive was not tackled at all for a loss in the game. I thought that was pretty impressive of him out there. But that sure looks like Coach Taylor football. Yeah, yeah. it's funny. Charlie Wilson must have heard this show and he 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 came up to me a couple of weeks ago he said why do you think throwing the football is bad <laughs> it was amazing man we had a good little dialogue um but yeah no the more you can keep it on the ground and and run behind the big fellas man i, I thought our o-line did a great job i mean malik Wynn doesn't um get those yards if, it, if it's not for those big guys up those five up front cooper yates um jake cunningham eli Baring, charlie Brovelay. uh 
Davis Pickett, like that doesn't, you know, it doesn't happen with the, our tight ends. Doesn't happen without, you know, those guys doing it. So it was a, it was a good, it was a complete uh, team win. So, you know, I, I'm I'm interested in your thoughts on this, coach. For the second straight week, Alejandro has a big day on the ground running the ball, and I feel like watching him that something has clicked in his head that said, "I don't need to throw for 350 yards for us to win." I can I can beat teams a whole bunch of ways. And is, am I wrong in that assessment, or are you kind of seeing that yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, I think his mom says, "Stop standing back there and getting hit. You're gonna get hurt." So <laughs> get back there, and if it ain't if there, mom does a lot of coaching from from California, man. God bless that lady. But no, um, no, he's actually. We knew we had something special in him in 2021. Probably put a, should have played him a little bit more in 2021. I tell him that all the time. But you know, we make mistakes as coaches, and I'm just excited to have him. And he's a field general. And the best thing about it is this is really year two for him playing. So he, he's still there's still a lot of growth for that young man in this offense, man. So just excited that he's you know he's he's opened up another box. Uh, he, he's got another weapon in the toolbox, you know, as far as using his legs. And we got to be smart with that um, and just make sure that when he's out there, he, he protects himself and, and gets down. But it, but it, as we saw in the McAllister game, and it it is dangerous when you get back there as a secondary guy, you cover everything up, and then a quarterback takes off running, oh, man, that, that's that's a nightmare. So I'm glad that it's finally starting to happen to some other teams and, and not us all the time. So I, I know an area that you value greatly I don't talk enough about on this show, but special teams for you guys this past weekend, spectacular as well. I'll tell you what, man, we've, um, we've been good in three of the four facets. You know, our, our punt team has been, has been solid for the most part, knock on wood. Still go PAT. I'm very excited about the, the young man we have handling um, our kicking. You know, glad he's going to be back for another year. And then kickoff return was, you know, scale return was okay. We do we do got to clean up our kickoff coverage team. Um, you know, so that's actually before I jumped on, I was doing some personnel things, trying to get some different guys on there. Um, their starting field position was was really good, not not good for Hamlin. So we got to be better. This will be a field position game. So our kickoff team has to get extremely extremely better this uh, this Saturday. So. <clears throat> Players you wanted to recognize from this last week's game? Yeah, it's a bunch, you know, a bunch of guys. Uh, defensively, Eli Gendrus um, was a my MIC uh, player, the player of the week in the league. Freshman played. I mean, he played his tail off, man. Forced two fumbles, um, eight tackles, couple ca- couple tackles for loss, man. That's a good get. A good young, good young linebacker in the program. Um, Corey Zacharias again played another solid game. Juan Batard, um came up with a critical interception for us. Um, offensively, uh, again, Malik Wynn, um, the whole offensive line, um, even uh, Trey Guerrero you know, was a starter for a little bit as a running back. He, he turned in 70-something yards, you know, Alejandro with his legs and, and throwing the ball around, and then Charlie Wilson. So there's a, t- a total team win. And the special teams-wise, Durham Welch. Durham Welch did a good job of being responsible for seven points in that game, seven, seven critical points because we only won by seven. So he if he doesn't do his job, that game's a lot tighter and they have an opportunity to probably win it. So those are things we want to acknowledge. This week you take on St. Olaf again here in the championship week. They defeated you guys 49-25 earlier in the season. Your thoughts on that previous game and what you look for differently in this contest? Yeah. Um, I tell you what, man, like I just talked to, I just addressed the team at 1130. And, you know, in life you sometimes only get one opportunity at something, right? So this year, we had one opportunity at Augsburg. We had one opportunity with Bethel. We had one opportunity with Concordia. One opportunity with um, 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 I can't even think of the other teams. Carlson, right? We had one opportunity with those teams 
and that's it. They got to wait a whole year to play them. Well, we had one opportunity with St. Olaf, and the way that the cards shook out, we get a chance to do it. We get a chance to go dance with these guys again, and it, we didn't play our best game. Um, we didn't put our best foot forward. You know, you can't start the game off with an interception, and you can't be on kickoff return, fumble the kickoff return with your best player, and we threw another interception late. Um, you know, we we they, we let them rip off a couple of big runs. They got one they got one ball over our head, one ball on a third down that they they caught. They turned it into a long touchdown. So if we can minimize those splash plays. This will be an interesting one. This will be an interesting one, man. So I'm excited to 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 get back with the group today, tomorrow, um, Thursday, Friday, and then let's go let's go play it. Let's go play this one. Let's go let's go do it again. When you played them earlier in the season, St. Olaf really looked like they were on a roll. The victory made them 3-1, and one, but they dropped four of their last five games. Is this a team that's struggling a little bit, or is that just the level of competition you just expect once in a while you're going to lose in the mic? Yeah, I, I want to be very careful of, you know, um, critiquing that because they play some they play some juggernaut teams, and that's that's what I'm talking about. I mean, every week it's, it's, it's a battle. So, you know, I'm sure that they are preparing hard and preparing well for us, and you know, I just want to keep the keep the focus on on our guys, man. But you know, they have dropped some. But again, that's a combination of a, a bunch of different things. So, last time we talked about too about they're able to turn one mistake by a team into a huge momentum turner. And how do you stop them from gaining that kind of momentum in a contest like this? Well, it comes down to this. This game is going to come down to preparation and execution, right? Who's going to, it's going to come down to who who can out execute who. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. It's, it's, it's hard to win games. It's super easy to lose them, man. I really felt like this, some of the things that we did in that game, you know, was just it's not winning football. So we got to be better up front with our offensive line. Uh, we got to be able to get on in pass protection. We got to be able to keep the chains moving, possess the football, and take care of the football. And we, it is imperative. You know, we have to take the ball away from them on, when they're on offense. Our defense, has, we have to go ball searching and take that ball away. So. Um, so those are some things that's going to, you know, be beneficial for us to end up, if we want to be successful in this game. Before diving into fan questions, I always know that this is a, a bittersweet moment for you because it's not only the last game of the season, but it's the last game you will be coaching some of your seniors. Um, and so uh, tell us a little bit about your thoughts and managing these guys, coaching these guys for the last time. Man, I tell you what, that's a, I appreciate the question, man. It's, you know, as the older I get, the more sentimental I, you know, I, I kind of get with it. And, you know, I can remember every one of these guys' stories, man. You know, we went out to California to go get Noah Hickman. Uh, he was a quarterback, and he turned into a nice little DB for us. Um, Brady Bennett um, coming down from Idaho. Uh, just remember his journey. Um, he, Eli Barron, I remember going down to Tampa to go get him. Find that big fellow up front, so very proud of his growth and development. Um, Isaac Ali, I remember his visit from Fridley. Fridley High School came on over, and him and his girlfriend visited, man. And I was like, there's no way we're going to get this kid. And we end up getting him and watching him watching him grow and develop throughout the program. It's been super cool. Um, Zach Griebel, I remember going over to, to to White Bear High School, sitting in a little coat little closet, <laughs> sitting out meeting, visiting with him, telling him, selling him on why, you know, Hamlin can be a good spot for him, man. So, you know, and then Evan Miller is the is the is the, is the rock of that of that class, man. I could just I'm going up the Elk River to get him, and I remember because you know whenever you get a coach's sons, coach's son on your team, you always feel really good about it because you know they've just been around the game. So, well, I'm 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 I'm, a, I'm appreciative that their parents let us coach them. Um, I'm proud of how they develop, and they're going to do big things uh, in the in the near future. 
Well, let's jump into fan questions. And we'll start out here with Lewis, who says, you have had success running the ball with several different players recently, mostly sophomores and freshmen. Since you feel it is necessary to have two or three backs who can carry the load, are you more enthusiastic about the running game going forward into next season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, the more you can control the clock, um, the more you can possess the ball. I mean, you know, and, and it's funny because Charlie Wilson asked, why do I like uh, running so much? Because things can happen bad when you run. I think, why, why do I like throwing so much? Why do I not like throwing the ball? And I always tell him why. And he says, well, coach, bad things can happen when you run too. And he kind of stumped me. But I just feel much better, man, just being able to turn around and hand that ball to the back and move people up front and keep that clock going and, 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 and turn it down. And I like that's the way, you know. And then the splash plays are good too, but I feel really good about our backs, and we're only losing one guy off the offensive line, so we need to do a good job of recruiting there and keep building this thing. Jerry says, this looks like this Mayak Championship Week game for the Pipers will be bigger than any of the previous ones because it gives the team the chance to reach 500. Are you seeing this as a big milestone for the team? Um, honestly, I'm looking at it as now. I know you're going to think I'm crazy, but just it's a one-week a one-week season, man, and we need to be 1-0 at the end of this thing. If we're 1-0 at the end and that puts us at 5-5, five and five, then great, but it ain't going to matter if we don't get that win. So I try not to get too, um, I don't want to say sentimental, but I just look at it like how, what can we do to make sure our guys are prepared for these next 60 minutes coming up on Saturday that we can, we can do what we need to do. So if we can just, like I said, if we can prepare and execute, you know, I think we'll like the way it's going to look at the end of this, at the, at the scoreboard, so. Staying with championship week, Chet says, I have to say, Coach, that it is very weird to see the Mayak Conference Championship game, and it will not be St. John's playing in it. Isn't that a little weird for you, too? I mean, again, like I said, man, this league, the parity in it is, is ridiculous. So, I mean, that's that's where we're at. And then Gusty done a great job. They deserve to, to be playing in it. And, you know, I think if – I'm not sure. I kind of, Obviously, I, I got my own problems and issues, but – some one of these guys were telling me that if St. John's does win and Bethel wins, then maybe St. John's can get in. I'm not sure. So I'm sure there's still an outside chance for him. But, yeah, it is a little weird not seeing the Johnnies in it. It's a great program up there. Uh, next, we'd like to know, as Bill would like to know, Coach, where did you expect the team to finish at the beginning of the season, and have they met your expectations? Um, again, like I said, that a couple questions ago. I really don't look at it like that, you know. Even though we started out two and zero last year, and then we went two and eight, and then we started out two and eight, two and zero this year, and we started, you know, we went on a four or five game losing streak. I still knew our team was better than it was last year, you know. Just the mindset, even how you mentioned how we looked on the sideline, uh, how we competed. Uh, we were, I knew we were a better team, so I know going into this year, I wanted to be better, right? You always want to be better, so that was the goal, and then. If we can execute and we can prepare them the right way, then we'll see how many games we'll win. So I didn't put a stamp on, hey, we need to win six this year. Hey, we need to win five this year or four this year. That's success. I didn't put it like that. I wanted them to look at this team and just know that we were a better team. And based off of some things that we've done this year, I know we're a better football team than the one last year. Man. So we've got one more opportunity. We need to be better. We need to be one to know this week. Bob would like to know, when you're out recruiting, what is the biggest selling point that you use for why players should want to come to Hamlin? Yeah, one of, well, it's a couple. It's a lot of good reasons to come to Hamlin, but one of the biggest things at this place, you know, being here, I've been fortunate to be here 10 years, you know, it's the people. Uh, it's a people place, you know, just I'm talking about from the top, you know, all the way down to, 
um, you know, the, 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 the cooks over in Anderson, cooks over in the cafeteria, the people that clean the buildings, like it's just a, a home place, it's just a homey place, especially if you're bringing recruits from distance, you know, you want to make sure your son is taken care of. Somebody is generally going to care about how they develop as a man, not just because they can run a football or they can tackle or get off a block. Yeah, that's important, but that's not what it's all about. I didn't get into it just for wins and um, trying to win championships. When you get into I got it. We got into it, you know, to develop young people. So, you know, I want to say too is that each week when I ask um, the player who comes on to to join the show why it's great to be Hamlin Piper, every one of them tells me because they feel loved at Hamlin. So it's definitely the reason to be there. Lydia says, Coach, James Madison is undefeated. Liberty's undefeated. I know you like talking about Georgia and those big conference teams, but how about a little dap for those undefeated mid-majors? Man, I'm a big – well, I'm a mid-major guy myself, so, yeah, I don't get a chance to follow too much. After this, after this week is over, I'll get a chance to dive in um, and, and see um, what's going on in the country. But, yeah, how about how about those programs and – you know, hats off to them because it's very hard to, to do what they're doing. And how about hats off to the Vikings? And I feel like nobody thinks I'm a, I follow the Vikes on here. They had a big, big win with a with a quarterback that got there on a Tuesday. I don't think people understand how hard that is, man, to go out there and do that, man. One to play football at that level, and then two to play quarterback. I mean, it's that, that was a that was something that should be commended. So. Our buddy Andre returns and says, Coach, I don't mean to be too optimistic at this point, but it seems like the gap between the Eagles and all the other teams in the NFC is widening more than just by the standings. Are you feeling a little more confident about our team with each passing week? I do, man. I mean, whenever you got a quarterback, you got a chance. And we got a quarterback. So super excited about that. Uh, that was a huge game. It was a, it was a little bit later game, so I was able to, I was able to kind of take a peek at the Dallas Eagles game, and and thing came down to the end, so that was scary. Uh, but um, it was super cool to watch. So we've got to keep stacking. Excuse me, they just got to keep stacking one, one, one wins at a time. We get to embarrass Coach Taylor a little bit this week. <laughs> Shelly says, Coach, you always look good on the sidelines. Tell me the one area that you always ensure looks your best. <laughs> Oh, well, hey, Shelly, thanks. I appreciate the compliment. Um, uh, I guess I, I guess I, I look at it as I'm at work, so I don't know. I guess I really don't know how to answer that one. Um, improvement? Uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't get, we don't get stumped on this show much with the, I guess, Shelly something else. <laughs> I just don't think you want to answer that question. <laughs> and how about our words of wisdom for this week? Yeah, you know what, and anything that you do, and, and it's kind of the, yeah, the mantra of this week um, is, you know, prepare and execute. You know, that could be, you know, that could be if you're in the front office at, at GM, you got to prepare and execute a plan. That means if you're, um, if you're, um, you know, coaching a football game, you know, we got to prepare these dudes and we got to execute. So that's the words. Those those are the words of wisdom. And if you prepare and execute, you'll have success. So, fantastic, Coach Taylor. Thanks for joining us this week. All right. Thanks for listening. Well, I'm honored to welcome Durham Welch to the show. So, Durham, thanks for joining me this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's first of all talk about why was Hamlin University the right pick for you? Um, for me, it was a lot of things. Mostly it came down to location, academics, and athletics. It was a great location in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, not just for sports, but example life-wise, just internships. Um, Hamlin has great academics here and just a great way to further my athletic career here also. 
And what is your major at Hamlin? I'm a communications major. And what would you like to do with that one day? I plan on being a high school athletic director while being a special teams coordinator and a head soccer coach at a high school, along with taking over my dad's adult foster care job once he retires. Well, good for you. Wow. That's pretty ambitious. Outstanding. Now, now we should say is that, you know, there are a lot of young men that come to college and are two sports stars, but very rarely are they two sports stars at the same time. So tell us a little bit about how that came to be. Yeah. So I originally came to Hamlin just for soccer. So I, I originally was a soccer player. And in the spring, they didn't have a kicker on their roster. So Coach T went to the soccer team one day while we were just in the weight room and just asked if any of us have any kicking experience whatsoever. And our soccer captain goes, yeah, we got a guy over here that was an all-commerce kicker in high school. And Coach T kind of pulled me aside, and then we started talking in, in March, April. And just kind of form this idea of, yeah, you know, we can do two sports this season. And it kind of just went from there. It, it's been a crazy semester, but it's definitely been so worth it. Well, I was going to say, not only do you go through one of the most rigorous academic universities in the country, but now playing two sports at the same time, do you have like nine seconds to yourself during the day at all? Yeah, I've always tell, told everyone, most of the time I don't have enough time to go to the bathroom. Uh, usually I'm running around between meetings, class, um, install for soccer or football, practices for that, and then going home, do all the homework that I didn't have time to do throughout the day. So most of the time it is very busy. You're on campus from 8 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. just running around going back and forth, but it, it's worth it. It's for sure worth it. A lot of the times you just got to be um, responsible time management-wise and what you're doing and making sure. My number one priority is just stay healthy because I know that if I get hurt, I'm not only affecting the football team, but the soccer team as well. Well, let's talk about this past weekend's game. Coach Taylor was just mentioning to me about a seven-point victory, and you were the uh, key to that victory. So it's it's been a kind of a battle over the last few seasons for Coach Taylor to find that dependable kicker, but I know he's super excited about the job you've been doing this year. Yeah, it's been an honor to coach with uh, to kick for Coach T this year. I know it's been a when I when I came in against Trout in the very first game, they're telling me, man, it's been a couple of years since we had a reliable kicker, but it, it, it's been fun for sure. And to see that we're winning games now, finally, I think these guys, especially the returners coming back, you know, when they came, especially against St. Scholastica last year, just losing by one and losing by two, and some of those close margin games, and they could have had a kicker. I think a lot of them are relieved finally that you know we got a guy that you put him in a specific area, he's going to do his job, and I love being that being that part of the team. You know, it's interesting because the team started out with two victories in each of the last three seasons. Then things did not materialize the way that the club was looking for. And it looked like they could have gone badly this season. But, boy, you guys have sure caught fire lately. And is, what what is the atmosphere around the team right now? I It's been the best I've ever seen it since, since I've been here. I know it's not too long, but <laughs> it, it's been really fun. I think we've been able... We've been a good team the entire year, just that we have not been able to play four quarters of football yet. And I think these past two weeks have really shown that we are a lot better team than people think we are when we've been actually been able to play four quarters properly this year on offense, defense, and special teams. It's, it's so rewarding, finally, just to see all the hard work pay off throughout these past weeks since August 9th. And 
we're expecting to do the exact same thing against St. Olaf this Saturday. Well, big game this Saturday, not only to win the last game of the year, but to reach the 500 mark. And so talk to me a little bit about what you're expecting out of this contest against the Oles. Yeah, seeing them on homecoming earlier this year, we already know a little bit of what to expect um, offense and defense and special teams-wise. I think a lot of us kind of have a little bit of a bitter taste from that previous game, so we're looking to get some revenge um, on Saturday for sure. But it's going to be a fun one. We're all looking forward to it. What do you think the atmosphere out there at Hamlin is going to be like for that game? I think we're going to get a lot of people there. I know a lot of fall sports are running just now. I was even talking to my soccer buddies, and they're all saying they're all going to be there. So I think we're going to get a lot of people for this game, and it's going to be a pretty rowdy atmosphere if you're an Ole. And fortunately, you don't have to worry about it being like five degrees outside or something. So that's what makes are. I think it'll as as a kicker, the warmer the better because the colder it is, it's like kicking a brick wall. So it'll it'll be nice to have uh, playing a little bit warmer weather than I anticipated for sure, but still going to be a little chilly. Well, I, you know, I think I would be negligent if I didn't talk a little bit about soccer. So tell us a little bit about how Hamlin soccer is doing this year. Yeah, so this year we had one of the best years since 2017. Last year we were 5-12 and 12 as a team overall, not the best. And we brought in a brand-new coach in March of this year, and he has completely changed the program around. Tyler Oliver, he is a assistant coach at Gustavus before this. And Gustavus for Mayak men's soccer is one of the best teams in the nation. So having a guy like that come to a program like this, this year we finished 9-7-3 and three overall, just was out of the playoffs by four points. So to go from 5-12 and 12 to 9-7 and seven within the span of eight months, I think is just a huge, um, huge achievement in itself. And Hamlin men's soccer is going to be a playoff threat for the next couple of years for sure, and I'm excited to be a part of that as well. Well, you're getting to see that the football team on the rise, the soccer team on the rise, and you're getting to be a key piece of that. That's going to be pretty exciting for you. Yeah, no, it's really it's really exciting to be a key piece of history for soccer and for football as well. I mean, soccer, the history part's already done. We've done something that hasn't been done since 2016, and getting to be a part of that was awesome. And then football, having the chance to do it again, you know, it's once you get a taste of it in one, you want to do it again. So we got that motivation to do it again. Well, Durham, you've told me you've listened to the show before, so we'll end with uh, asking you, why is it great to be a Hamlin Piper? Just the family around here and the connections you can make post-graduation are endless. Um, and just the, when you come in here, it just feels like a family from day one. I know I, I've been at previous colleges before and even high school is where, you know, they, they say like, oh, family is the main thing, you know. Like, but do you really feel like a family in some of those? Probably not. Here, it, it genuinely is a family. We don't just hang out. On, I practice and all of that. We are together 24-7, playing Madden tournaments, you know, going to restaurants together, just hanging out with each other. These guys just are my teammates. These are guys who are going to be at my wedding someday. These, these are brothers that I have for the rest of my life. And I think that's what separates Hamlin between other universities. Fantastic. Durham Welch, thanks for joining me this week. Thank you very much.